Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to My Turn, Waypoint's movie podcast, where we take turns talking about a series of related films to draw <laughs> connected. Well, I guess we'll I guess we'll see how this part of the conceit goes uh, if we have time for it at the end of this show, or maybe in what I am sure will be a reasonable and not at all ugly and accusatory uh, group DM after the show. Uh, but the the intent <laughs> is we take related films and draw connections and interesting contrasts among them. Uh, today we're watching Prey, Dan Trachtenberg's prequel that takes a late reveal from the end of Predator 2 and absolutely runs with it uh, with a Predator movie about a group of Comanche being stalked by the alien hunter in the early 1700s. It's currently on Hulu as a Hulu original, and we are going to be talking about it in some detail. So if you've not seen it and want to preserve some of the surprise, you are listening to the wrong podcast at the moment. You should you should go watch that movie. Uh, and then come back and and listen to it. Uh, so I guess to to start us off, this is like set the stage a little bit because I'm because I'm curious to hear what y'all make of this. Well, the film is ultimately going to be about considering and thinking about the reversals of hunter and hunted, predator and prey dynamics uh, through the sa- saga of this predator's rampage through the northern plains. The film opens with one of its central conflicts, which is. Amber Midthunder's young Comanche woman, Naru, trying to gain access to a rite of passage uh, as a hunter. Her brother, uh, Tabe, is recognized as one of her village's best hunters, but Naru is being groomed to be a physician in the footsteps of her mother, and evidently, as we see early in the film, has the skills and knowledge for it. And I think what's sort of set up here is, in some ways, uh, a really standard, like, modern feminist setup uh which is that she's a woman who seeks to enter and excel uh in a sphere that is often regarded as the domain of men in her village and as as a character i think it's tabe uh, actually asks why she's so bent on being a hunter it is because it is people telling her she can't do it it is the fact that she is being sort of excluded from it that makes it uh such a mission for her but I'm also curious if, like, what you make of this conflict, and do you, do you feel like it is subverting at all this, like, familiar premise of the, like, uh, feminist coming-of-age story and the feminist quest? I mean, I think it's a bit girl bossy. That was one of my frustrations uh, with the film, is that I think that it begins and follows some pretty girl bossy beats uh, at times in a way that I found a little bit disappointing. But I do think that the film manages to 
in its later acts combine its understanding of naru as like a like masculine coded hunter with its understanding of the other forms of labor which she has been taught to practice throughout her entire life uh and there i find something actually interesting um because i think one of the like better parts of her character is that she since she finds a way to synthesize both aspects of her life and fully embrace both and that is the only way she's able to win uh, at the end of the movie, which is like, I think it's a, a pretty on the nose way to do things, but I don't actively hate it. Well, it's it's interesting because relative to uh, when we had the discussion about Predator, I think you, yes, I think we all agree that movie is doing some things, but I still hold on to the theory that some of that is is textual reading happening after the fact and less of the movie wrestling with those themes itself. And what I think is interesting about Prey, like however you feel about how it lands those beats, is it is explicit about forwarding yeah. its themes about its character, its relationship to the Predator. I think because, you know, Trachtenberg and, and the screenwriter who came with the story, I think correctly understood the problems with doing sequels with horror franchise characters is how do, how, how do we <laughs> – you've seen it. Like, what What do we do after that? You know, the solution right. to that in Alien to Aliens is more. There's more. Of it. It's an action movie. Alien isn't an action movie. It's a horror film. It's And uh, Predator 2 is is camp. It's a B movie. It takes Predator 2 and says, well, what you want to see is more of the gore, right? And sure, that has its attractions, but it's pretty shallow. And I think Prey by establishing... I think part of maybe what you're getting at, Rob, is like it's taking a lot of like modern examinations of feminism and then applying it to this lens. And I, I wonder if that is maybe some of how it it, it maybe doesn't hold as strongly uh, in the film. But I do. It gives the movie a lot more weight. It gives it uh, something uh, to hang its hat on that is beyond the, you know, the, the litany of like clever tricks it has about the predator and, and its relationship to the environment that I think uh all slap pretty hard, but I, I think having that as a core was a smart way to approach. Well, like, what do we even, what are we even doing here? Like, how, how do you even, you know, if, if, if the, the core of a predator film that comes after the first is, uh, well, I guess we're here for some sick kills, which is what sla- that's all slashers do is become a writer sitting in a room, coming up with an inventive way to kill someone with whatever they can find in the setting. Mm. Uh, that happens here in ways that are, extremely gratifying but also contextually like feel feel good and and right for the world but we also get a through line um and i i I like the fact that that it gives it gives it gives the movie a lot more going for it than i think it would otherwise Mm -hmm. i i found and maybe maybe this is just me misremembering since i i did watch it like last week i'm a little further from maybe than some of y'all are it i don't remember it being it's inherently gendered because of who you see doing the work, but I don't remember right. it ever being brought up by people as like this is why it's because you are a woman. A woman, it's more like you're just not it good at it. It is okay. This is the thing yes, that I wasn't yes, remembering frequent, at all. Frequently, because it like what I remember is just like you can't. You're not. You're not ready. Versus a sort of like you could never do it ever. Yeah. Um, well, there's specifically a sequence where she is. Uh, like it's one of the more powerful you know, scenes where she is quietly leaving to go investigate right. the predator while all the women are like going off to collect flowers. You know, like yeah, other various is... labor that would normally be attached 
to her. But I mean, it, you, you are right that the film doesn't completely shut the door on this being a possibility for her. Right. It is not as though the movie says- a law where it's like right. women are not allowed, but it is like, that's It's an expectation. Weird. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, like, it's, why it's, would you do that? Like a, You're good at this. Which is like an interesting way of like, this is just like the, 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 uh, the more kind of like, this society has um, uh, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's like compulsory heteronormativity, right? Where it's like, it just is the thing that happens more so than like people are, might like, not the thing that happens, but the thing that is like expected and wouldn't, isn't necessarily like, uh, said about in like that, that clear cut of a term, you know, it's more not insidious, but like, um, pervasive and underlying than like an out and out. You could never because you're a woman. It's more like that doesn't happen. Is the kind of like I don't know. Seemed like a kind of different tack to the like the 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 sort of way that this is usually set up, where it's like you could never because you're a woman, which I don't didn't feel like the same tack they took this time. It felt a little more. I yeah. I would push back on this slightly because like this standard is not just socially enforced, but enforced through violence. Like, there is a scene in this movie where a dude tries to beat the shit out of her to prove that she cannot do this thing. And the gendering of that violence and the way that scene is structured makes it feel like the film understands it as more than social convention. This is not just social convention. This is a social convention that people feel strongly enough about that they are willing to hurt someone extensively in order to reinforce it. Yeah, but she kicks Um, that guy's ass. Is the other thing that happens in that scene, like she and she ends up getting so, ganged up but on, but when this is a one on one fight, yeah, I yeah, right. but so uh, we're, but the thing is, for me, like I think both of these readings are kind of true as far as this goes, because like like Ren, you're absolutely correct. Like later in this film, uh, the other hunters, not her brother, but like yeah. the other men or or young men in the village specifically, hate that she is trying to do this. Yeah. Uh, they hate that she is in their space. And when given uh, a light justification for beating the shit out of her, they jump at it. Uh, and so, like, I think that is in there. However, it did interest me that, like, from the standpoint of her family, it wasn't like, no, you can't do this. Uh, we won't let you. That's not what women do in this village. It is more of a, but why do you want to do this? And, what interests like what caught my interest there though is also partly i think one of the things that like is being examined through this film is like why hunt why like what what value does this provide i think early in the film like and maybe this is also just like <laughs> me increasingly identifying with the parent aged characters in stories She's way more useful as a physician, like undeniably the like she catches her she's also mother. incredibly talented, right? Like the movie is like like multiple times demonstrates it is not 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 the just um, right. She's being forced like, no, you're, you're good as shit at this. And you're, you're like she saves lives multiple times throughout the film. But but the thing is, like she catches she catch yeah, she catches her mom making a mistake, uh, prep, preparing a medicine. She's like forgotten a major like active ingredient. She sort of catches it. And and notices the notice notices the air and and yeah she's she's omnicompetent, but her answer to start 
like it it sound it does sound girl bossy right i'm doing it because none of you think i can and i feel like part of this film is that is not a good enough reason for this like like I want to be a hunter because you won't let me is not a good enough reason to be like, that's a teenager. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's also not the conclusion that the film ends at. Like the conclusion that the film ends at is 100% is because I have to, this is a thing that I am one excellent at. And two, it is a necessary thing going forward because I think that the, like the colonial context of this film is actually a, a really strong inclusion. Because, you know, the Predator, you know, if, if the original Predator movie, right, begins with the idea of this group of soldiers, this a group of like American soldiers or, you know, European soldiers or Eastern, you know what I mean? They're not all European. You Coming into an environment with technological superiority and weaponizing it and then having it turned against them. This film begins with a... Not technological inferiority, because I think that applies too much of a value judgment on the technologies of power that the Comanche have access to in this film, which are actually way more expansive and varied than the technologies of power that, um, or like the modes of power that the um, French colonizers have access to. But it allows the movie to play in this space where the predator as a character, is able to embody the role both of a technological superpower uh, and also of a colonizing presence. Uh, and Naru's ability to push back both on the literal French colonizers and also the Predator as Ur-colonizer is, I think, a a really strong um, like thrust for the character and allows her to be like, okay, I am the person who is capable of pushing back against not only like hunting in the traditional sense, but also technological threats that we uh, are coming now coming into contact with. I have experience and know how to work around this. And I think that is like part of the strength of her character is a intimate understanding of the technologies of power or like the, the technology she has access to, which is medicine and also an understanding of the environment as technology and as tool. Uh, as much as is uh, a thing that you interface with and interact with as a like non like technological source. Early in the film, so like something else that kind of jumped out at me is I'm I'm just curious, just in terms of the vibe of the movie, having coming like coming out of I was I, like mid like early in this film. There's part of me that was like I can't believe this is a fucking Predator movie. I cannot believe this is a Predator movie. And then it was, and and it was released on Predator Hulu. And released on I mean I I should like. This movie is supposed to be released in theaters. It was a quirk of the Disney acquisition of Fox in which Fox's movies have an existing deal with HBO. So if Disney, much like the way HBO Max is just dist- like deleting things to not give residuals to any of the people like involved in it, the reason this never hit theaters was because uh, if it, the, the, who Disney, you know, co-owns and, and runs Hulu. And so th- like you release it in one theater one theater then hbo gets it and so it ends up on on hulu instead and it feels feels like a like the sound design like some of the sweeping shots like it's like rob a, a predator movie with money on the screen feels extremely odd like, it's like this looks gita jackson wrote a story uh recently about like uh why do netflix i'm butchering the headline but like why do, why do netflix, netflix movies look like that yes and and there there's an there's an extension of that which is why do all streaming 
you know, X, Y, Z look like that. There are, there are reasons for, for that and go read Gita's excellent piece to see, um, a better explanation of that. But that is like a thing I found striking. Like you early on was just, my God, like it looks gorgeous in a way that kind of takes your breath away relative to what you're expecting <laughs> the rest of the movie to be about. It doesn't, it doesn't scan as a straight to streaming Mm-mm. movie, honestly. No. Like it, yeah, it's really unfortunate that we won't get a chance ever probably to see this in a in a theater because like even with my like i have a tv that has pseudo hdr and i was like shit (laughs) like i wish i could see this on a projected screen it is it is a there are scenes where and i think the like color gradation changes throughout the film but the high contrast scenes Mm -hmm. are gorgeous yeah um that uh opening mon- uh, montage you mentioned rob or not opening but mid mid film montage of her moving through the environment is one exceptionally well shot in terms of like the traditional this is a this is a important character moving through a space style of cinematography that is like has a well-established tradition within that tradition this is a great example of it and and looks brilliantly done but the high contrast uh, applied to all of it makes it vivid and exciting in a way that like really blew me away because i think that it is very easy to do that exact style of cinematography and that exact style of color gradation and have it come off as extremely corny uh or like all right dog we've we we know what this looks like right we know what the style of 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 character perspective and positioning looks like and i think the film actually manages to pull it off through a really excellent understanding of the environment in which naru is being shot uh and that's part of the the strength of the movie is the intimacy with which it, it like interacts with the space that is being inhabited um and like kind of elevates those sequences for me they feel like real places we talked about this with predator like right. one of the thing that is amazing about that film where certainly some of it must have been shot or like you know pickups on 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 some sort of stage can't tell because so much of it feels like hell yeah like they went to you know some jungle um and and figured this out and certainly this movie was probably shot differently right but so much of it however they pull it off whether it's a technical feat or being in like physical places like they i think it's a testament to the filmmakers understanding that's part of what makes predator work that original film work because i feel like that really despite the fact this movie has way more cg right like in very obvious (laughs) And I don't mean yeah. that in the like it's cheap or like the the VFX people were were rushed sort of way more that like yeah like I know this trick they're doing with the predator is is an effect and that wasn't that, that wasn't present on on set at the time um but they still manage like even in you know that later sequence in like the ashy uh forest during like the the, the big uh uh blow up between uh the French uh, uh trappers uh and the predator, like, it still feels physical and real, or real enough that I buy what's going on far more than I expected to, or most films that exist on this same <laughs> plane of existence ever managed to pull off. Yeah, I think that's part of why I really like the color gradation of this movie is that it allows the CG to blend into mm-hmm. and feel a part of the world as opposed yeah. to as opposed to distinct from it. I think that like high contrast and higher saturation, um, like film works really well with effects because it's you're already looking at a height, a version of reality that you recognize as heightened. And so when something does a heightened version reality thing in that space, it reads as more connected uh, in a way that I really appreciate. I think something else for me that I just 
sitting there, I just had this, the thought occurred to me. I was just like, this is a movie ass movie. And what, yeah. what I mean by that is like the leisurely in, in some ways, it's a lot like predator. Like Patrick, you mentioned like there's long stretches where predator is effectively a wordless film. And mm-hmm. watching this, like the sense of rhythms of life you get in the village, the pointed silences, uh, the fact that like the film is okay being like nothing is happening and yet tons of characters being established. And so a lot of things are happening. This is interesting to show people and the way they do that also like that right after we get the title card and we follow uh, like Naru back to her village and and spend the day there. She, a great she walks t- through just it. great title card, by the way. I don't want to get too far past yeah. that. Like <laughs> the pan up and like the way the music kicks in. <laughs> I, like I stood up like when when that happened, well, it was great. God, they, and that's something else that the Trachtenberg uses such good effect here is that we all know the rules of the Predator movies. We we know like the yeah, the assumption yes. is you know what you know what all this means, and that's usually the, such a weakness. But the like, joy is, is watching like, Naru figure it out. Yes, but like yes. the juxtaposition at the start when you hear, and it, it's so cool because like it's the 1700s, you hear that thing screaming in over the atmosphere, and you know immediately like. That's fucked up. Like, that's like a fighter jet rolling into your area. Like, that should be alarming. But for her, it's just a total mystery. And all all that, all that it means is that it startled the deer she was hunting. And that's the problem. And when she sees it coming in through the atmosphere, like the, the clouds roiling, what she sees is a sign, a portent for her. Uh, and like the way all of it is initially as sort of just rendered into part of her environment and her like ontology and how that is going to be rocked over the course of the film. And she's going to adapt to this new reality. It also makes the parallels between the predator and the uh, French fur trappers so much stronger because the second, because we understand the rules of predator movies, right? The rules of predator movies is that when you see a skinned body, that is the work of the predator. And so when she comes across the herd of, of skinned Buffalo, Uh, And she's like, this is not how this is done. The audience's first thought is, that's how the predator works. Hey, the predator skins things, but their skulls are still intact. Why do they still have their skulls? And why are they a not? Yes, exactly. Why are they? Why is that a non-predator animal? <laughs> why so many of them? Yeah, this predator. Exactly. We get really pissed off at this whole set of buffalo. <laughs> and 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 that's such an excellent choice. That is such like a, yeah. a a terrific decision on part of the film. Because again, the thing that I find really interesting is the way in which the predator in this movie acts as analog to both Naru, because the predator moves like Naru, which is an important point. The predator moves through spaces in the same way that she does. It jumps off of trees in the same ways that she does. But like the hunters, its approach to violence is deeply almost voyeuristic, I would say, because it is about the acquisition and collection of trophies. It is just that the hunters are doing it for commerce as well as trophy hunting. Uh, And I think it's uh, a really excellent part of the film. Uh, they also give the predator an arc. The predator doesn't really have an arc in the original film. The predator, I mean, it, you're right. It has a goal, but like I get the sense. I'm not sure how all of you read this one, but I, this feels like a teenage punk. Like this, like whereas the the predator in the original film felt a little older. Like the one, like a predator that would look at itself, laugh ironically, and you know, using a voice modulator, and then blow itself up. Like this just feels like a. This felt like 
and it's part of, yeah, as you were saying, Ben, like why the parallels of this film seem to work, because actually I think Naru and the Predator are on similar journeys um, um, in here. I don't know. Ex- you know, they the lack of context is important to Predator movies. Like, don't take us to Predator world. I don't need to know. But they do. You do get a better sense of this isn't just usually the way these slasher films work is there's no characterization given to the opposing force because, well, that's not what we're here for. And what this movie understands is that, well, and also what these movies tend to get um, caught up in is, well, time for lore, right? Like, let's do some <laughs> world building. And and that just goes so – I enjoy watching the eighth eighth installment in a horror franchise to see why they do that. It's it's fun to me, but not in a good way. It's like fun in a B-movie sort of way because all, all horror movies arc towards a B-movie um, because they run out of ideas. And part of what makes this work is they give just enough to this Predator where – Whereas in the first Predator, we more or less just get the the infrared vision. Here we get sequences of the Predator on its own, having a journey, like going through the hierarchy of Predator prey and learning like that he's kind of a punk. They're like, he's going to get bit, like he's going to get right. hit. He uh, doesn't, he takes L's. That's the thing I love about yes. this, this version of the Predator is that he takes L's and does not just take L's from time to time. He takes L's in every single fight he has. He yeah. takes L's against a dog. He takes L's against a bear. It, he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing well, in, in and, a way that I find really appealing. And I think part, like this is for me also like he is in some ways an even more recent colonizer than the French, right? Like yes. he appears and so much of like you mentioned like sometimes it feels voyeuristic. Like part of it is you get a sense this is also a predator that is like actually really keenly interested in this new environment. Like mm-hmm. it spends a lot of time watching things play out and sort of like trying to figure out like what is going on and, and takes like, and, but then all it can think to do is like, how can I identify a badass animal for me to kill? Like the, it is so fucking happy when it rocks that bear. Mm-hmm. But like, also, like that movie almost ends right there. By the way, right. <laughs> that yeah. so cool. yeah. Yeah. Fuck like, so bad. <laughs> like that entire sequence is incredible. Uh, a- again, like her immediate recognition, like she can get temporary safety from the bear in the beaver dam, mm-hmm. uh, and then the the predator deciding, I'm gonna fu- I'm gonna poke that bear and see what happens. <laughs> and it is it is an amazing sequence. Does anyone, I'm trying to, this is a sequence of events thing. Do we remember when, what fight after is it that we see the Predator going through its little healing uh, ritual? It is after the first time it encounters uh, the Comanche. So they they land a bunch of hits on it. Right. Uh, And afterwards, uh, it sits down as like, Oh man, they really fucking got my ass. <laughs> oh, oh, wow, arrows, arrows hurt. Right, right. Like, and it arrows, didn't. It didn't need that yeah. against the snake and the wolf. Even though the wolf mm-hmm. got it. It was like not just a flesh wound, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- that's the other thing is that the this film's action choreography is pretty stellar. Uh, mm-hmm. And also, I think again, its action choreography is not only like visually really engaging but also does a great job of connecting the ways in which these characters do violence uh, and understanding how that connects to the way in which they interface with environments, right? The Depending on who the predator is fighting, it takes such different approaches to violence in a way that I find 
really interesting and like ties into the ritualistic combat aspects of the predator in which like against the comanche the predator doesn't use a lot of its tools yes because it is like these people do not use tools like this and so i'm going to fight them with tools that that are similar to what they use i'm going to use a projectile weapon but also that's how naru fights when naru fights off uh, in the camp to 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 save the dog when she fights off that group of people and uses her uh uh tomahawk in like really inventive ways it feels like she is meeting people on the terms with which uh they're fighting her right they don't they don't fire a gun at her in that sequence she only learns how to use the firearm after that sequence and instead that sequence is dominated by melee combat and then eventually the second someone draws a gun that tomahawk goes across the screen and kills him uh, and then she switches to that other fighting style but i find really engaging and shows her development as a character i also felt like there was her effectiveness increases as she figures out like her reason for doing this mm-hmm. um because one thing that's, they established really early in the film we see her hitting the mark again and again with the axe but the minute she goes out sort of a fit of peak and frustration and goes and tries to hunt small game in the woods she cannot do it she's like and we saw how effortless it is for her brother right who has like all these skills he he like shoots a hawk uh from like it feels like a mile away almost like a no look pass and like that is and and that and that's also the standard uh pardon she had had (laughs) that hawk though she had that hawk she 100 percent was gonna kill that hawk as you were saying rob but the but when we we see i'm not sure she would have at this point in the film because we see her whiff again and again and again she becomes lethal once it is kill or be killed once she is defending her her people, once she is defending herself, defending her dog, but as long as it's just I need to show I'm a hunter and I can do this, she fails um, repeatedly. She she like blows the moment she fails to land the shot. What's the first hit she lands in this movie? Mm. So when she hits the bear. It's when she hits the lion. Oh, the lion. Right, right. The, the mountain lion, lion dives the at her and she jam- She lands the hit. This is something that the, that the film doesn't reveal until it- you see it. But the film doesn't reveal until later when Tabe is talking about um, finishing hunting the yes. lion where he was like, dude, you got it. Like it was basically dead when I found it because you jammed a spear into its ribs. Like, And it also makes it that particular reveal reframes the relationship that tabe and naru have because when he talks to her at the village he's like he says we did it and then she pushes back against him and then he's like fine i did it i finished the hunt and then later in the film like Mm. it's a brutal reveal and also a lie and that's part of what makes the character relationship really interesting to me and what makes the like dynamics of it interesting to me is because he lies to her in that moment about her involvement in that kill. And then later in the film, when it is in a time where he's like, okay, I have to be honest with you. You can do this because you did it earlier. You got that kill. With the exception of finishing it off, you did it. Uh, and it makes the like her progression into kill or be killed way stronger because that is the moment where she is both trying to prove herself and also in a kill or be killed situation. And that's the first hit she lands. And from that moment forward, she does not miss her fucking shots. Uh, and I find it like really well done. Um, 
Well, sort of. So another, but like the, the Tabe relationship is really interesting. In the, what, what moves him to shoot the hawk is she makes this big show of falling asleep during a story he's telling you about his, yeah, he's uh, irritated his trial. With her. Yeah. Pardon? He's, he's, he's yes. irritated with her. Like, and, and, and that, that, that scene when, you know, when, when he returns is just an escalation of, uh, whether that is just, you know, brotherly, uh, protection, uh, like an internalized paternalism of, of, of the group. Um, but it all stems from the same thing, a begrudging respect. But the story he is telling is about his drawstring getting soaked on the, on the bow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And oh, right, the bear. <laughs> right. And so that's, that's the other thing. Like, so I think she is consistently misreading Tabe in a lot of ways, who is more supportive than she realizes. But she keeps viewing a lot of things as challenges when they are attempts by him, not the other, not the other dudes, but by him specifically to try to give the like, if you want to do this, here's what you need to know. Here's how, here's how real you have to be about it. And so like she cuts that story off by like sort of mocking it. And then he sort of aces the hawk, et cetera. And later at a critical moment, her bow comes undone uh, and probably realized like, shit, bet the end of that story probably had something to do with like how to like deal with this situation if it comes up. But a thing, there's a beat between them I loved, which was um, like when they're out there with the other hunters and she sort of demands to come along and she wants to like be in on this hunt. Um, there's a moment where she's like, she privately to him. She's like, like believe, like basically believe me, I can do this. And he says, yeah, because now you have to. And he recognizes this moment where it's crossed from. Well, now you like, now you have said you will do this. You have put all like you have put it all on the line. This is, are you serious about this? You've made commitments you cannot step away from. And so now we're not talking about my reservations. Now it is, you have to be ready. You have to do this. And I loved that moment too, where he is like sort of recognizing that there are social pressures that come with this. And by stepping through the door, she is now exposed to them. And mm-hmm. now, like, has given herself no choice but to live up to them. Uh, and I, like, I thought it was such a terrific beat. Right. And then that is what leads into him turning to the rest of the people and being like, she's a better tracker than any of us. Like, let's, 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 let's be real with ourselves for a minute. We do need her on this because she is going to be able to track better than anyone else here. Um, well, Tabe's a good hunter. There's no evidence the other guys are. Like, yeah. one of them says, what are you doing sneaking around back there? And she's like, who's sneaking? And just the implicit, like, like I wasn't even trying, dude. She was, was just walking. walking. <laughs> yeah, and like that is that. That's another thing in play here is that like, Tabe's a great hunter. He's gonna be a great hunter. A lot of dudes like view it as like a job they're entitled to, but they are not necessarily. They do not necessarily have that stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in many ways, that paints, you know, you know, you know, you can, at the start of this movie, you can view how Naru is treated as, you know, as we were talking about at the start of like, well, this is just the expectation. And you get like the nuance that is given to Tabe and Naru's relationship over time is one in which like he wants her to earn it. Like he's not necessarily standing in front of her and saying, no, like you, sh-, you know, like Gandalf, you shall not pass. <laughs> it's like, no, like you have to open the door and um, like. 
the arc that he has with her feels very normal for like an older brother Mm -hmm. looking after a sister in which he does respect her. He does love her. He has, you know, if you view her as like an angsty teen who has just decided this is what I want to do. Again, like as a parent, like I get it. Like I understand putting up like here are the okay, walk up the stairs, like do it without tripping. And she, you know, she trips, but she gets most of the way up and he lies to her about it. But I by the end of that film, like when they're both tied up, like when they have that really thrilling sequence with the two of them, uh, you know, against the predator Then on the second viewing when I had like a full appreciation for the arc of their characters and, you know, he, they keep repeating that line about what you're supposed to say to the prey when you say they come no further. And, you know, he says that to her about like, he's sort of like, I thought I was like, am I, is this motherfucker choking up during a predator movie? Like, <laughs> like, what is going on? And I, I found myself choking up a second time when she's pulling off all the moves against the predator on her own. And it's, it's just wild. Like I was like, you know, I, 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 I enjoyed that arc of it on the first first playthrough or the first watching. And the second time when I watched it with the Comanche dub with, I, I this is, you may not know about this. I at least want to point out to people because uh, it's not obvious. It's not in the subtitles bit. It is under ultra, like alternate viewing, like underneath on the, in the Hulu uh, section, there is a Comanche dub that unfortunately they did not shoot the movie twice. Um, and so they shot the movie with the character speaking English, but the same actors went back into the studio, did ADR, which just means mm-hmm. like, a, you know, dubbing um, and speak full Comanche start to finish. It ends up being slightly more appreciative than just uh, kind of distracting because it, it, it's like, well, I wish it breaks that wish the lips. It, 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 I, I probably I'm glad I did it to see what it was like. I don't know that I'd watch it again. I'm glad they did it. My understanding is the script was written as though they will speak in Comanche from start to finish. That was the intent of the filmmakers. And this feels like a studio compromise. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I found myself so emotionally invested that second time around because I like hearing all those callbacks and seeing all the, these setups and payoffs. This movie is just full of subtle. Yeah. Like Rob, I didn't even pick up on the, on the arrow thing the first time around. Like that just, cause in the heat of the moment, I'm like, the fucking bear is going to maul her. And then the second time it was like, well, so much of the movie, by the way, is so memorable. I watched like uh, about a quarter of the movie, a third of the movie uh, right away afterwards uh, with the Comanche uh, version. And it took me a good 15 minutes to remember I didn't like speak Comanche <laughs> because I remembered the conversation so well that I was like, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then I was like, wait, I don't know what that person says. Why well, don't I know what that person says? Oh, that's right. Because <laughs> I don't speak this language. Uh, <laughs> I need subtitles. Uh, but like, it is like the characters are sketched out so efficiently and the exchanges are so loaded with meaning in few words uh, that it really is a marvel of like script writing, screenplay efficiency. Mm-hmm. This is uh, one, of, oh okay, uh, just yeah, one cool thing. So before we get off the the script, the the, the subtitling stuff is so the the, the French trappers, yeah. you know, <laughs> yes, yeah, they don't, French, they don't, yeah, they translated. don't, they don't, they don't translate. Like, I feel they like just, if you do speak. speak French, you get a lesser version of this movie in some ways. <laughs> but go on. <laughs> well, no, but it, it's I think it's like the way this movie, uh, you know, I don't want to step on Ren's point. I just want to get out of the way. But like when you watch the Comanche version, they don't. You might think, oh, maybe that maybe they would somehow get hung up on this and make a mistake, and they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna translate the French. Like, no, no. they just put the French down there in the subtitles, and it's and it's awesome. Well, Sorry, also, Brent, go ahead. In the in the English version, the French isn't translated. Right. 
and that's part of like one a strength of like hey that's a really good strength of good subtitling is understanding what the audience is and isn't supposed to understand it's a choice artistically Um, as opposed to just putting everything there for for you to read which i which i love and also i just want to note as someone who speaks french those dudes are such fucking dumbasses. Oh my god. Oh my god. They say the stupidest shit yeah. you've ever heard. And like just the biggest fucking dolts. Like we it is it is caveman ass sentences out yeah. here uh in French, which I found very entertaining. But part of what we're getting at with all of this is is Rob uh, actually no, it was Patrick who described this as a movie ass movie. And and part of what I love about this is that like even down to uh, the emotional beats. This is a movie ass movie, and I love it. It is brilliantly done because, like, at the end of this film, I was tearing up, and I was like, "It's goofy that I'm tearing up because this is how movies make you tear up. This mm-hmm. is how they do it." But it's mm-hmm. landing in such a genuine and real place, and is such a well constructed film, even if it feels a little bit girl bossy, even if certain things about the film feel so contrived, it is so well put together and so much a movie ass movie that I was like, I don't care. This is I'm going (laughs) I am going to let this work on me and be thrilled that it is. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. I can't remember when her mother like makes this comment where it's like, basically her point is that it's not like who's Hunter, who does what, it's about survival like what this all comes down to is survival what are you doing to help the community survive and i felt like one like one moment in some ways like the girl boss aspect part of this i think that really works uh in terms of like it being kind of ridiculous is that the part where they find the kid who's been ripped open by the lion Mm -hmm. and she has the skills to immediately figure out like the emergency life-saving medicine to get into him uh, to keep him alive long enough to get to the village for better healing. And we see also the the quick like efficiency of the other hunters who, let's be real, are not amazing hunters. Right. But they're good like members of the expedition because in no time they whip together a stretcher uh, for him. But the moment where like she just saves this kid's life um, and you, you, you like I'm sort of sitting there, I'm thinking like, yeah, this feels like sorry, sorry, kid. This is a more useful uh, skill than being a hunter, but <laughs> but part of it is also like, but her mom doesn't get that like kind of respect or role in the village. Like that's the other thing that comes with it is she serves the chief, um, and the chief is ailing. But like you not get on the chief track uh, unless you are like a great hunter, and so there is that aspect of like, aside from the girl bossy part of it, there is also. There are, even though, like, 
the highest levels of the role reserved for her come with their own sort of prestige and currency and respect. Mm -hmm. They also lock you out of uh, some, some roles and you understand like what, like a more material reason beyond because you say I can't why someone want to break into that world of, of the hunter. Um, But the thing about the survival uh, like line from her mom is that it is when this comes down to survival that, that yes, not only does she become like her most effective uh, like version of herself, but part of it is also what she does as a hunter there by the end. It's not even you've proven yourself as a hunter. What she comes back is with an important message, which is that there is a threat to the community. Right. That's and the real that is the real thing she needs. And and that's why it's such a strong character arc and, and why I think the like post-colonial and like neo-colonial aspects of this film are so good and, and I think relatively well executed upon is because the final message of that movie is bring back the predator head. And she's like, there are things we need to be worried about, but she is not talking about the fucking predator. <laughs> and like nope. that is why it lands really well for me is that she has pr- one proved herself great did all that but she has specifically pushed back on a different kind of threat she is a different kind of hunter and a different kind of person for a different kind of problem her brother is absolutely terrific as a as a hunter with a capital h naru is incredibly excellent as a like tactician uh as both like a tactician and also strategist like she does plays in this movie that are so clever um yeah that like show that she is capable of dealing with a new kind of threat um what is established early in the film is uh how everyone's like oh you're gonna bait the lion that's embarrassing for you that you have (laughs) to bait the mountain lion what a fucking dork and then tabe's like Dude, we should just bait the lion. That, that makes sense. It's a very good idea, actually. <laughs> and then showing the fur trappers then try to use them as bait without understanding the mechanics of the predator in the way that Naru does uh, is so fucking good because then she understands the mechanics well enough to actually commit to their plan of baiting the predator because she hands someone a gun. And she understands the rules of the environment that she is in and the enemy she is against well enough to use it against them, uh, as opposed to sticking to tried and true formulas of hunting, which I find like a really strong part of the, the film's choreography. The, the plan of the French trappers is so amazing. That entire <laughs> sequence is incredible uh, because... You know, like, again, in some ways, uh, you know, it does hearken to the, uh, like, the Vietnam origins of the, mm-hmm. the Predator films. Like, it looks like they've clear cut a section of forest uh, to denude it and create, like, clear lanes of fire for them to yeah. use, which is what Western armies tend to do when confronted with an environment that is hostile that they cannot bring themselves to master. Uh, but then, yes, the other thing is these guys think they're hunters. They are not. They are trappers and they cannot <laughs> they like they go to the only thing they know, which is how do you hunt kind of gentle, harmless, unfearing like uh like creatures, right? Like how do you how do you get 
uh, like how do you how do you hunt unaware animals who are not expecting a guy with a fucking rifle mm-hmm. to come, come out of nowhere and get them? Uh, and it is so great for us because we're sitting there and we know these are the most fucked characters we've ever seen in a Predator <laughs> film. Like these are yeah. the most dead people in and like like every member of the squad in Predator in the original Predator had a better chance than these dudes. Like they could not arrange themselves. They get the, the the two kids tied to the tree in the middle, and you're like, you staked yourselves out, you fools. You just staked <laughs> predator, yourselves out. The Predator doesn't give a fuck about you. You made bait. For yourselves. Well, it's, what? It's, it's, it's the movie allowing itself to have its cake and eat its too, which is um, like I mentioned earlier, like the arc of these films as they make sequels is to just introduce characters who are here for the slaughterhouse because you're here to watch the creature do a new different thing that they came right. up with. And this movie is really restrained on doing that, despite the fact that it is clear the filmmakers, the screenwriters have really thought of some cool shit the Predator can do. It's like, well, we can't really do that with our main characters. That's not the arc they're on. Like, the fights with the Predator wouldn't make sense. And so introducing the Trappers would just, because they don't even, they don't even bother translating them, which, like, works as, like, an immersive sort of thing from from Nara's perspective, but also also on a second level feels like the film signaling, like, (laughs) <laughs> like they're here. Like you want, you want to watch the predator do some cool shit. Like get into the, get into the arena. Like we're going to watch the predator uh, ruthlessly. I mean, Oh my God. When they some come up, uh, when they're overlooking, look, there's some cool gadget <laughs> stuff, right? Like the net is great. What well, we can yeah. get to all those, but that's great. The far and away. My favorite chopper. is, is when, the camera is like panning up to the two overlooking the hill. Yeah. Well, it becomes just the two. It's like 15 people. And 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 they go like one of them goes to make a quip behind them. And you just see this movie has a lot of great scenes of the predator being invisible and doing a cool thing and the blood splattering. Um, um, the one that happens to Nar- like uh, one of Narwa's friends, uh, like as they're running from the predator in that oh, field and the blood fuck. like explodes on him yeah. is a nightmarish scene uh no matter how many times you watch it but i love that because th- this this sequence like gives you a body count sets up that these are dumbasses meant to just allow the predator to go off king um and <laughs> and also like gives the gives the audience a chance to breathe cuz we want naru to be okay like we want tabe to be okay and we know that one of them probably tabe is going to die because the movie is communicated and Aru is our, our central character. But like, where's the catharsis moment before the end? And like, you get that a bunch of times here um, in a really, really satisfying way. And also you get the catharsis. So it's so good. Cause it like, shows the them being guy- so stupid too. It's not like right. so frequently these movies are, yes, sometimes horror films are people making bad decisions but this isn't like, oh, you're running up the stairs when you should have gone out the front door. These are people laying a trap, like you said, Ren. Like doing, they had a plan. They're tapping their, they're tapping their yes. temple, being like, we, <laughs> we got him. And they do it. They trap, they trap the predator and go, we got him. And then he wolverines his skull. Um, it's it's. It's so good. The way the dude just gets pulled from the horse is so fucking entertaining. Uh, and then the reactions Mad. to it. <laughs> and also, it really, the film does a great job just from like a construction standpoint and like standards of like how stories are built and how like movies are built perspective of 
this movie loves a Chekhov's gun. This movie is putting so many guns on the mantle. This movie has put an entire armory on the fucking mantle by like 45 minutes into the movie. Uh, Rob, what you're talking about the healing, right? And, and, and her role in the community. The first thing she does is use a thing that reduces body temperature. And like it, the film yep. is so good at at giving Naru tools oh, that the a minute fan she slips of the into Predator that series and you're oh like, "There's hey, <laughs> you found your boggy place." By the way, I found your. Bo- <laughs> Wait a minute, I remember when a guy was covered in mud. <laughs> oh, but but, but also oh. you expect it to go a different way, right? Right. You uh, you do expect like ah, she's gonna she's gonna think about that mud later, and that's gonna she's gonna like do the Arnold thing, and no, she, she uses it as what the trap she fell into with it, which is. This thing kills your mobility. You are you are stuck here in a bog. And then, of course, the predator rejects it because the predator's utility is its is its overwhelming strength, both technological and physical. Uh, but then it's also a fucking idiot and well, ends up shooting itself in the head. I love the bit. So what I do like is in that fun, the, toward the end there, I feel like you sense the predator's confidence is not what it was. It walks mm. into that. <laughs> oh, you mean when it loses the, its arm? <laughs> and yeah, and it steps though in the, with the moss, and you can see it put its foot out, and it knows it's not stable ground, and like you, you almost feel like you can sense it being like, I don't know if I should continue, for it. but then it does because <laughs> it has no choice. It's a, it, it is a dumbass, but like the fact that toward the end it is beginning to get the sense of like this is, and you know, I'm a sucker for this in a story about like. Uh, indigenous people fighting invaders. I'm a sucker for the moment where the invader realizes the fucking land is against you too, <laughs> and like you just you just shouldn't be here. Yeah. And it's an it's a weapon that is being used against you. Uh, like the moment where it realizes, like in some ways metaphorically, that bog is a gun pointed at its head. Um, and all this that, that depends on the. <laughs> so I love that. Yeah, specifically to that moment, I do love that moment as a a mirror and a better you uh, a mirror to Predator One and Arnold. Mm-hmm. That moment where he's yelling, "Come on, do it, kill me!" <laughs> right, and he's like hoping for it. And then the but what happens there is the Predator sees it. Right, Arnold is not skilled enough, even at his worst, clever to actually set that specific thing that he wanted to happen up to work. But here, she's doing the same thing. She's like, "Come on, come on, like, come on, come on, like, come at me!" And because she is from this place, because she is from here and knows and has interacted with specifically that bog in person, she has that uh, mastery to make it work this time, as compared to the way in the first one it didn't work the way that Arnold wanted it to. Eh. And is the W a little did is the W a little bit contrived? Yes, sure. <laughs> the way that she puts this the, the mask in the perfect position to shoot the predator in the head, yes, it's a little bit contrived. Do I give even a single fuck? <laughs> no. No. No, I don't. And that is again a testament to how much of a movie ass movie this is. That when that ending happened, I was like, I don't care how fucking stupid this is. I love it. Because I was immediately making justifications for why it wasn't stupid, which is you, how you know it's well done. Well, you because there's, du- there's, 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 there's stupid and you poke holes in the logic and you can't, like, it collapses under itself. Right. And then. They're stupid with intentionality, right? This right. is this these filmmakers knew what they were doing. Like they understood we were about to break like some of the real some of the logic here, but you're gonna hoot 
you're going to holler and you're just rooting so bad for Naru to do the thing. Do the thing, Naru. You know, like it's it, <laughs> you're okay, you're okay, you're okay with it. I do think it is like like one of those things that uh is less interesting on repeat viewings, I will mm-hmm. say. Like like there, there are other parts of the movie that pick up the the, the slack. Um, like even just the discovery of the flower and that they're repeating the notion of like, yeah. this is how we get away from. I mean, I think this is sort of a weakness of the Predators sort of feature set is that the characters have to get around this infrared somehow. I was kind of mm-hmm. hoping maybe he like the Predator would just lose the mask earlier in some way that like that just didn't become part of it. But like they don't and it still works and it's fine. Um, but uh, it's uh, it, I'm with you that it was it was just so deli- it's delicious. Like it's delicious. And this movie knows what buttons it's pushing and why it's pushing them. And and you can see so clearly how it goes a different way. And that's the thing I like about it, right? Because from the predator's perspective, right? Firing that shot, if the mask is in a different place, the shots change trajectory at a different time. In the predator's mind, it's like, I know how far these shots go no matter what before this changes direction. I am, I know how this gun works. And he shoots it. And if that mask is anywhere else in the environment, it goes through her the he- through her head and then changes direction. Right. But because she put it in like, that's why I think that it's like a movie ass movie is that it encourages you to make the kinds of justification that I am making right now. And that is yeah. why I, I really think the scene is well done and why I ended up finishing the movie being like, that was so fucking stupid, but I liked it so much. But she that earns I so much that. else, right? Like, right. I think that's part of why the movie is able to to do the thing that is fun as opposed to the thing that is most logical mm-hmm. beca- and is just satisfying on sort of a like guttural level is because she did the work. Like, she right. did all all sorts of other things that feel completely earned of her skill set, part of the arc of the character. They're like, hey, and let her have a little fun, too. <laughs> When she traps the tree in the same, because she knows that the predator moves through the environment in the same way she does by kicking off, by sliding and then kicking off of trees. Mm-hmm. And then she puts those fucking spikes on the yeah. tree and the predator <laughs> just slams into them. I'm like, oh, that is the moment where she won for me, where I was like, okay, cool. This, I don't care what happens from this moment forward. Naru has won this fight. The second the predator goes like, body first into a bunch of spikes so good <laughs> well i think that's partly what's so, what's so satisfying there at the end is one of the things we see a lot in this is um in the predator prey dichotomy again we see how how quickly the reversal happens and how effortless it is once you've like once the uh higher the higher up on the food chain species encounters like we get that like shot of the little animal eating the ant and then getting nailed by the snake and the snake immediately is killed by the uh um by the the predator, predator. The, predator. Or the predator and i think later the wolf gets a kill right before the before yeah, the wolf goes after a bunny and then the predator yeah, appears cute. for the wolf that poor wolf. Oh man, the way that thing goes out oh, at the end. In a samurai movie. Like, yeah, yeah. That was fucking like. <laughs> But the the way that like that that final five, from the moment she gives her speech uh to the, the French trapper, uh, as she explains that like this is like she already plotted out. It's already done. Like he like he's like she's already she's already killed him, effectively, is is such a, a, a great moment. Uh, because like it is the all the learning she has needed to do 
to move into like apex predator and this film has already happened it happened when the battle of tabe uh happened in the in the clearing and boy does he go out that like oh it is awesome God. watching him just like fucking trash that guy from horseback um oh. they obliterate the remaining french trappers the whole thing rules well, you get to sees. see you get to see, you get to actually see what the movie implies in the way that the rest of like the group responds to like it's implied that oh tabe is an incredible hunter like there's a reason that he is able to tell yeah. everyone else uh hey actually my sister is going to do this and if it was anyone if it was anyone else's sister they'd all be laughing and they would just move on like like Nara would not be able to get away with what she gets away with in this film. But then they save it until the last possible moment. And it's part of what make like, you know, the rewatch is satisfying because you don't get that payoff until the end. And then you get that when you watch it, watch it again, understanding, oh, shit, like this is why he is seen as like such an incredible figure within the community. Mm-hmm. Is but that, like, yeah, is that why? Is Tabe is Tabe the reason why Billy uh slashes himself across the chest in the future? Does this somehow translate down the line? Because oh <laughs> he gets oh exactly no. that is oh what no. the that is what that is. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Uh hmm. <laughs> I think this, this is, is a fun visual nod. I think it's a fun. I think good. it's a more yeah. of a fun visual nod than they're trying to directly I didn't put draw that the line. But yes, this movie's it's pretty ex- smart about its about its <laughs> Easter eggs and like right. Yeah. That's a good, that's a deep cut that I don't think you would quite pick up on unless you'd seen these movies. Right, I want really because we saw them so close to together. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's wow. what Billy with the thing is right, right across right. the chest, just like they did to Tabe. <laughs> if it bleeds, we can kill it. Is yeah, of course. We're like that's a little bit. I have a bad feeling about this. Yeah. Uh, well, she and she also does the uh, like it can't see me, or does the equivalent line that Arnold does right. when when the mud part happens. And so yes. this movie's very smart about its callbacks, its Easter eggs in a way that feels very authentic um, yeah. and fun, as opposed to ha 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 ha, which is like really easy territory to fall into with with films like this. It's a movie made by people who not only love the original film but understand it intimately. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that is, I think, the big distinction, because I think a lot of uh, the like, uh, I got a bad feeling about this style of things is people who love a thing very much, but have not put in the work to understand it with the kind of intimacy required to produce something that is not only derivative of the previous work, but in conversation with it. Yeah. Uh, let's turn to some questions uh, before we wrap it up. Uh, Andrew from Toronto writes, I loved Prey, excited to hear y'all talk about it, but did any of you feel some of the human human combat and traversal stunt work was a bit too of the moment? There seems to be a post John Wick style de jour that felt a little out of place to me, including the single take beat down Naru delivers to the French trappers. I mean, it's pretty badass, so I'm probably protesting too much, but I'd be interested in your feelings, especially considering your discussion of the action aesthetics of the original predator last week. This is the first thing I thought during that scene, which was she is fighting with the precision of a John, like of a of the John Wick style of action film. She is doing the like one shot, bop, bop. I'm going to fight six people at the same time, and I think it like it, it's cool as fuck. Doesn't land as much as I wanted it to, but there are moments in there when she fucks up or when someone lands a hit that feels like a real hit that I really love. Uh, the moments where the like John Wick esque precision falls through, and she's like, "Oh fuck!" are 
terrific. It's why I like the earlier fight scene, the earlier human human combat fight scene, where it is just Naru and the other hunter beating the fuck yeah. shit out of she each other. Bites him. Yeah. She bite it is messy. Yeah. That fight is messy and human in a way that I really, really appreciate and wish had been a little bit more present in that later scene. Uh the one other thing I'll say about the action is uh a lot of modern action films the camera is so goddamn close that you have no sense of what's happening. Um, I don't know the exact reasons why movies have ended up that way. I'm sure there are artistic and technical uh, reasons, um, but it's so difficult to have a sense of what's, ha- what's happening. Like if you had to ask someone after the fight, like what occurred in that fight? Uh, so many modern action films are just extreme close-ups uh, yeah. that you have, a, you don't have a sense of the space. And I think, Part of what makes this movie work is, yes, some of the shots are close, but there's also a lot of wide shots that sustain. Or even when it cuts, it's not cutting to hide like an obvious like cut to something else because they don't have a way of like showing a continuous. Like this movie over and over has a real confidence to its action scenes that I understand the geography, how we got from A to B, and could tell you the narrative of that action scene by the end in a way that I don't feel is true of of like. It's part of why John Wick was a revelation, right? Like part, part of the, yes, it's Keanu Reeves looking a badass, but it's also, holy shit, I'm just like, wa- I'm watching an extended sequence that is impressive to watch. It's why Top Gun was a, I haven't seen that movie yet this summer, but like, it's because it feels like you can, you can understand what these people did and how the connected tissue uh, is on the screen. And I feel like Predator, uh, it does that pretty well as well. I think Trachtenberg makes good use of the high drone shots, uh, yeah. like both for stylistic effect to draw attention to like, the fact they've got incredible spaces to work with and like mm-hmm. the way the characters move through the land. It's awesome. Uh, I think it also establishes a bit like the topography of the film at a lot of key moments. Like when we go, God, I love the fucking shot where um, when the predator is finally like, oh, these these guys use guns. All right. Everything's oh, in play so when That's he uses so the good. fucking floating grenades <laughs> and just like fucking like obliterates Boom. the entire. Boom. Yeah, Boom. it's incredible. Uh, but I think it's also like uh great attention to detail with um like the front the, the trappers camp yes track number takes care to always move the camera basically in an arc uh along one side of the camp so that where the dog is being uh like held prisoner and naru's cage is always off to the right and back of the camp and then like the leader's tents are always like forward and to the left and so like consistently where like the things where they're initially established to be in relation to each other they remain roughly in that relationship sh- to e- to each other uh, through the film, which makes a lot of this navigable. But I, I do kind of agree as well that like, yeah, sometimes the um, really efficient uh, calisthenic uh, style <laughs> of, of some of the combat does uh, like, I, I think in, I think in years to come, like, and the fact we have a question like this already sort of uh, anticipates that moment. I think it's going to like be a look that defines this era of action movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it will also date a lot of the works uh, that, that deploy it. Uh, next question comes from honesty. Uh, hello, waypoint crew, the score for prey composed by uh, uh, Sarah Schachner, who did also did the music for several assassins, Creed games and call of duty games is very different from Alan Silvestri's original predator score. 
Do any of you prefer one style or the other when it comes to sequels and spinoffs to older films? Do you have a preference for how much or how little the new film's music references the originals? Thanks for doing your turn. Uh, I always enjoy the opportunity to uh, for y'all to share your thoughts on movies. I mean, I'm glad that it, so many films do the bit where, oh, we're echoing the theme from the original. It's um, one of the th- reasons that everyone involved in the new Jurassic Park movies needs to go to jail. <laughs> Every, like you took you took oh. one of john williams like s tier compositions God, yeah. and just shat all over it I you and fucking I, hacks i mostly <laughs> lo- like adored uh michael giacchino's soundtracks and so uh i, I feel like I, we can lay that at the at the uh the, the fault of what's his face that hack filmmaker that's, yeah giacchino's that's, a genius but like yeah the, the yeah no the, yeah the, the I, I agree i, I agree, I agree with you now, now granted it does help that predator doesn't it has a style, but I don't think it has a theme, like an iconic Predator theme in the same same way. But I don't know. Like I, 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 th- I thought the soundtrack for this was was terrific, much more naturalistic, quiet, like it more like emphasized what was happening as opposed to the music in Predator is a character. Like, it is it also is. it is a Scooby Doo character at times. <laughs> there are moments where they are moving through the forest in Predator, where it's like do 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 do, and it's mm-hmm. like, dog, I don't need you to. I I promise you, these guys, I understand enough from these guys moving. We do not need to be telling me this via the music, uh, and. I think the thing I really like about Prey's soundtrack is that it's like, we can just let these people move through this space and you are going to understand what we are communicating through this, that through with that. And we don't need the do, 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 do. Well, so I feel like, so with Silvestri, I think what he's also doing is he's doing a kind of composition that's more openly martial and Mm. is like of its genre work for Mm -hmm. films of that time and for the war movies that it is in dialogue with Mm -hmm. um i think you listen to uh like um guy is it was it goldsmith who did die hard you see you see a similar sort of approach to scoring a film uh where there's a bit of like more bombastic uh like big hollywood orchestra uh style approach to a lot of this i think one thing i love uh about this sound because the soundtrack was something that sort of jumped out at me partly it is it isn't i don't think it's like repeating any motives from the score for like last of the mohicans but it has a similar sort of sense of like mm. that is that is a movie that is composed of like sweeping shots of like people living on the frontier of uh, like indigenous and colonized lands uh, in the 18th century, this is uh, sort of similarly situated. And I think the score both accentuates like the beauty and rhythms of the life we see here. uh, And also gives the film a really distinctive aesthetic identity from Mm -hmm. the original predator. I think the, the, the decision to have in some ways the callbacks be so direct but then also to have them occur within a completely different sort of film is really inspired. But maybe that's what you expect from Trachtenberg, uh, who, you know, his 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 whack at the Cloverfield uh, series was to make an incredible uh, like imprisonment horror uh, yes. film. Yeah, um, and, he, and even he he did the uh, the the pilot for the boys uh, on Amazon a show that like also he immediately establishes. And incredibly, whatever you think of like where that show and those characters go, I mean, like the visual identity of it is pre- so thoroughly present in the pilot. I, he is just for a guy that I originally met as like the co-host of a video game and movie review show. Um, like the fact that 
Dan is now someone out here making like one of my favorite films of the year, like a film I'll be thinking about for years is just somebody asked him, asked, asked in the, in these questions, if you knew, uh-huh. totally rad. Uh, yes. I, yeah, I, yeah, I know. I maybe a stretch to say Dan and I are friends, but I, I have met, um, a Dan a number of times, like back when he worked with, uh, Jeff Kanata and I forget the last similar person on Totally Radio, Alex something. Um, but uh, yes, like I have chatted back and forth with Dan a couple of times over the years. And it, it is a delight to uh, have told my wife after we finished the movie. She said, you remember? Like I pulled up a picture. She's like, oh, that guy. Like, yeah, he talked about video games. I was like, yeah, he directed that film. It's like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh. So two questions. Uh, I'm gonna read them back to back because they're both very dog centered. Uh, which scene mm-hmm. do you love the most, and why is it every single one with the dog in it? Uh, the <laughs> other question: If the dog didn't make it through the movie, how mm. much would it have affected your opinion? Ooh. For me, my rating of nine out of ten would have slipped to five out of ten. At least <laughs> I think I'm there too. Like I was sitting there, I like I came so close to being like, I need to know if this dog's gonna make it. This dog is awesome. This dog is smart. This dog is helpful. This dog is Amina. This dog is <laughs> perfect. And hmm. it's okay, okay if like if the movie's doing the whole like, hey, we're playing with live ammunition here and everyone is fair game. That's cool. Go and make that movie. But I now need to know if that awesome dog is going to eat shit over the course of this film so I can prepare myself. There was a scene where I was worried that the dog was gonna bite it, and I was like which movie. which which one were you most worried where the dog was going to It was it? it was during the predator fight mm. uh where I was like dog you cannot get involved in this situation it was the the Tabe Tabe Naru predator fight where I was like you cannot get involved in this situation you it's if you don't it'll be fine and the movie out of a deep kindness to everyone watching was like I think the dog will be fine and we all went, okay, you motherfucker, but you're on watch. So, uh, I'm trying to find the specific anecdote I heard about this dog. Uh, but that I dog heard he was bad. I heard he was a bad dog. That dog has zero training. They mm-hmm. wanted this specific breed and were only able to find one that how it was in a shelter that they adopted and then just went for it and like they had there was apparently a lot of like extra takes needed to be taken but you can kind of tell sometimes when that dog is just moving in the way that dogs move and aren't trained like they're not the dog doesn't heal the right quite the right way kind of starts going off into the woods yeah it looks like a dog fucking (laughs) exactly exactly and that just comes from the dog being totally like they're just like trying to like you know fucking wrangle it by wrangle it yeah. yeah instead of it being a trained hollywood dog it was not uh and there are definitely scenes where you're like oh wow that dog sure is fucking off <laughs> like uh, yeah I, I wonder when they're in that opening uh scene when the dog uh gets caught in the trap and the dog ends up licking i assume uh, every I was like, wine I, every wine is adr it has to be right <laughs> like, yeah it has to be adr like i was like did they plan the shot where the dog licks her face like i presume not i think they're just rolling <laughs> yeah. and it's just like we'll cut together enough of this stuff yeah to make a scene um <laughs> it, uh, 
I mean, it feels like they got a smart dog who is poorly trained. Yeah, which is what yep. the which is what the film is about. A smart dog who is it's like Mina, <laughs> who's like mediocrely trained. Like this dog is too smart to be trained very well. Also, I do love that the dog is like in every encounter is single use. It's like a, it's like a not. It's not. It's not Nara's ultimate, but it is like her E power. Uh, mm-hmm. like to give like high escapability. Like so it's like oh you, you fucked up the you fucked up the arrow shot on the bear. Okay, I will I will taunt and I will I will like leash this thing away from you. But once I lose it. You are on your own. You have to get out. So when it when it comes sprinting back past her, and it's like you're it. Has, I hope you can figure out the be- the, the beaver dam thing. Yeah. I was like, this oh dog God. fucking rules. Dog is like, I can piss off the predator. I'm not going to help you fight the predator. I like, like I will. I'll just like do a drive by, and then I'm gone. Dog is like, did you just miss your poke? Did you just miss your cue? Come on, dog. You are playing the ADC. What are you doing? You cannot miss your cue. You are in bot lane. You cannot miss your cue. Uh, how, uh, Pat writes, how sad are we all that the original intention for the film's marketing to avoid revealing the Predator connection didn't pan out? Oh, my God. God, because that would be impossible. I like, think it's so. Just, yeah, it's I just, just not. The movie. It's a noble. It's a noble gesture. Uh, but I just don't. I don't know how you produce a trailer where you don't like at the end, like have you know the the, the predator cat. It's just so. If it was a, this is an instance where you actually would want it to be a streaming movie, right? Yeah. Where it wasn't released in theaters. The only way you could have done this was it was shot in secret. The movie is done, and all of a sudden they're like. Hey, there's a movie called Prey. Hey, wait. On did they show the Predator in the original Predator trailer? I'm sure they showed the infrared. Did they? Question though. That's a great question. Because it's not on the 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 Predator isn't in the original uh, poster. Well, yeah, but that says it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) Yeah, it's a poster. No, no no offense to Amber Mid Thunder, but I don't know (laughs) that. Although she is on, she's on the original poster, right? They, right. they like, she is on the one with like the green uh, blood on on her face. Um, but like, that's more of a marketing technique for for for, for Predator. Uh, yeah, they I show could, they show you a lot in a trailer. I'm looking at. Yeah. Okay. Like, th- there's definitely a we're heightening. Like, what is it? But we see thermal vision. We see okay. the Predator claw, and we do see a pretty easy to parse uh, outline of the trailer in invisibility mode. Mm, so like. Okay. So they don't show you the predator, signs. but you see the predator. Sure. Yeah, it, it's also worth noting that I, I, a fun thing about the the way this movie is made, and this could be one of those like marketing told me to tell this anecdote things uh, from an actress, but there is an interview I read with Amber Mid Thunder where she was like, "I didn't know this was a predator movie going into it. No one told me this was going to be a predator movie. Dan Trachtenberg didn't tell me this was going to be a predator movie. Basically, she was like, I went in to do some line reads." And was not told this was going to be a Predator movie. No, oh, that, I, that I do believe. During yeah. this that film, early, early read and you not knowing, yeah, this was going to be a Predator movie because also, like, they never because of what the movie is and when it is set, no one says the word Predator throughout this fucking movie. Like, uh, from what I understand, they got into filming before it was clear that this was a Predator movie, <laughs> which I think is like, I love it, absolutely sick as shit, like. Well, and the um, the the actor uh, who plays uh, Tabe Dakota Beavers was like has no other credits. This is like essentially his first role. He, he was, will I, soon. 
Well, yes. Um, was a, I'm getting I'm getting this I'm getting the specifics of this wrong, but essentially was like working at a Walmart and then is in this film. Um, so that's gonna be such a fucking heartthrob. Holy uh, shit! That yeah, and, so fucking hot. Yeah, and and it's 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 so interesting because this movie, which I mentioned this in the in the Predator uh, podcast, was like born out of Trachtenberg hearing about how the original movie plays out and like, oh, cool, there's like this indigenous well i'm sure they weren't using that phrasing on the bus uh, in eighth grade but uh, uh a character who has a big fight with um you know the predator and when he went to go see the movie then realizes that wasn't true and like that's the original seed of an idea for for what comes here like God, can you imagine if they made if i had made this movie in like the 90s the trappers are probably the ones that defeat the predator no, right no. like <laughs> no, no they work together right it's the uh-huh. it's the comanche and the yeah. trappers working so together to, that's how we you defeat the predator we both respect the land right well because <laughs> the, the the predator is the ultimate uh invader colonist that's colonizing the whole right so like he's the bad one not right. us we're here to help jesus you're so right yeah I can't, it's God. like a movie that couldn't have been God. made until we got to a certain point about like studios feeling X amount of pressure and, you know, again, you don't win them all. It's like the movie's not, yeah. wasn't shot in well, Comanche would have been, would have been better for it. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think is seemingly, you know, again, I'm not an expert in Comanche, but like seems to have taken a lot of the steps to be respectful, authentic, ca- you know, casting appropriately. Um, and I think a lot of that is like, it makes it a better movie. It makes it a more interesting experience because it takes that stuff as seriously as it does. Um. Oh, Rob from Lowell asks, uh, "What did what did we all think Excuse of the experience of Rob, Rob writing into the podcast? Our home entertainment uh, setups, uh, and especially for Rob, uh, <laughs> did it feel like a an appropriate Excuse theatrical me, experience on your on your setup?" Excuse me. Well, Lowell, thanks for thanks for uh, thank Rob from Lowell. Thanks for writing in. Uh, so what? I will say uh, that the one thing that kind of killed me about this is in a lot of ways, like it, stuff looks good on Hulu, et cetera, but it seems to me like a lot of streaming services do. They have sort of crunched the mix down a little bit so that it's not, it doesn't have a huge amount of dynamic range, mm-hmm. which a lot of services do because people hate riding the volume on the remote. So when shit gets loud, people like, despise having to turn it down which i can like you know especially if you have kids or neighbors or stuff like you get paranoid about that stuff i'm i'm, I'm sure yeah Ren, Ren, i'm sorry what no, no 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 please continue do you have a problem with rob from lowell's question no no no, 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 no. i have a secret i have a yeah, secret what, on how what? to win how to game the system on how i game this system yeah i think different movies have a slightly different mix for headphones mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so Whenever I watch a movie, because my I can't change the volume on my TV, I put I put headphones and connect them to my PS5 controller, and I get a terrific audio experience. I have a tremendous time <laughs> in in my in my audio playground with my headphones on, yeah. and I I have the the mix is perfect for my little headphones, Look, and no one can stop me. Good head like best way to get great audio, <laughs> decent headphones. To get to match decent headphone performance, you're spending hundreds, thousands on speakers. With the headphones, you can just get that. Yeah. But the thing that like really contrast the contrast that I had this uh, contrasting with in my head was I just watched The Harder They Fall on Netflix, which has like a true theatrical mix on it. Mm-hmm. 
And that mix was ridiculous. Yes. Like it would be a nightmare if you lived in an apartment where like the walls are thin or something like absolutely like just absolutely like criminal behavior uh, to to listen to that movie at volume. But like it does add something to a movie where it's like when things are really popping off, they get louder. Uh, it opens things up. So there's a little more like detail you can make out in the sound. The one thing about watching Prey was like. I wished I was seeing in theaters because I would bet you that would have had a very different and mm-hmm. probably better mix. Like yeah. the picture that can look great. You know, you sit close to a good, a good display. You're still seeing a beautiful movie, beautifully shot. But like, I think it would have been really incredible being there in a theater. Yeah. Like with that soundtrack, with that, you know, detailed soundscape all around you would have been. The, been really the sound that kicks in during the uh, the the ruined forest sequence when the predators um can't, like uh, camouflage comes off and like the camera swoops in and it's putting its hand up and the smoke from the from the the burned trees is like it is it's killer and like I I have an okay setup like far away from from Rob's but it is one of those where you're just like man this was clearly mixed to be in a theater and like there's just no way you can can match that and it's it sucks i hope at some point whenever like the license expire like you know whatever a year from now whenever that expires uh, they, full uhd it, release on a disc with like yeah we, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, yeah, yeah i'm gonna be buying i'm gonna be buying that but like i'd love if you know this movie clearly sets up in the credits you know an opportunity for them to do even a direct follow-up well um, they have to because the gun didn't get into the to back to the back to the predators that's true yeah and that's no, was, that is established in predator 2 what, Connor, are you telling me you did? Did you watch to the end of the credits? I watched the end of the animation. Well, it's yeah, it sets up the premise for the second one. But we don't actually see how would that interaction occur, and then those I those guns. Part of the assumption is Wait, that Connor, you think the, you think the predators just showed up and killed all them Comanche and took that gun? No, it was an exchange okay. between warriors respecting each other. Obviously, oh, there's no, it's so mm. ominous at the end. Not a fucking well, chance, Kato. I mean, maybe, maybe, wow. maybe, wow. maybe she has Kato, to put herself the again. Predators are good, actually. Contreras. <laughs> Look, I mean, don't they give it? Isn't that the whole thing? They give that gun to uh, whomst? Danny Glover. To pre- okay. Yeah, Danny Glover and Predator so, Because yeah, Danny just, Glover has proven himself. Yeah. Do you not think that she, by so. killing the predator that they dropped off earlier, has proven herself? <laughs> But I will say, yes, she does destroy, she does kill it, but also she rips off its skull in a very, mm, perhaps insulting manner to the Predator people. No, 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 that's their thing. That is respect. That is respect to them. (laughs) That is respect to them 100%. So I will, so here, what we're referring to is the end of Predator 2. Danny Glover has whooped the shit out of this Predator. Rob, Uh, can you correct me if I'm wrong, but does he. In that movie, does Danny Glover engage in one-on-one physical combat with the Predator and come out on top? Yeah. <laughs> but Stupid. the Predator... Shut the fuck up! But, he fights a bear! Whatever. Hold on. <sighs> but by that point, he's matador that Predator a lot. Okay. Like, that Predator uh-huh. is, like, okay. fucked up. He's already had to do the whole, like, go break into an elderly couple's bathroom to go yeah. try to patch itself up over the sink. It's very funny. The predator's just like breaking into someone's home and be like, oh, shit, I'm, so, I'm bleeding out. I need to put some like powder over this. And like, oh, that doesn't look good. Better seal that up. <laughs> and so later, yes, Danny Glover like gets the better of him in, in hand to hand, but it's because he's also wielding the predator's little like uh disc weapon. Mm. And that thing just like 
is like a, a frisbee lightsaber. And so Danny Glover <laughs> just like gut punches it with the disc and like carves it in half. And then the other Amazing. predators are like, all right, much respect. What, what We got anything for this guy? We got, <laughs> I got this. I got this anti-gun. Hey, Danny Which they Glover, got is this anything for you? in a similar exchange. With I don't this. think so. No, really. I no. think it's it's I, a perfect parallel to Kato, how the, the gun credits, was given the, the first credits, time. To me, the credits do not feel like oh, cool. The predators are here in our village, and we're about to have a real cool. <laughs> Maybe they'll make another movie, but uh, are if you they don't, me? I'm just gonna assume that they're just here to be like, you did it. Let's exchange, you know. I think they slaughtered. I think they slaughtered them. I think like that is the the only other reading of I that. Don't think, is like, I don't pew, think. Pew pew pew. Pew pew pew. It's either set up for a new movie in which they will somehow still get out of it. Somehow the gun gets yeah. Yeah. But yeah. if they never make another movie, I'm choosing to read that as happens. an exchange between warriors who respect each other. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Hey, can we you know what? That was awesome. We all really loved what you guys did. Uh here's this. We didn't like Jeff anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was an asshole. Like as far as predators go, this dude was a fucking dork. He's, he's like, par for the course. Like, honestly, here's the thing. Predator 2, same fucking deal. Like, the is, Predator 2, he's watching RoboCop play out in the streets of L.A., and the Predator's like, this cop is cool. He's a cop with nothing to lose. He plays by his own rules. I must kill him. <laughs> and But first, I must protect him from all these criminals, these Jamaicans and oh, I for, I, I Mexicans <laughs> all over. Oh, yeah, dude. Yes. It's, it's rough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But like, so the predator sort of like is his guardian angel, but also is just like kind of like priming him to be harvested. Well, yeah, because like, the predators are just suck. big, are just they shitty. It's just an analog for shitty human big well, game so hunters. Well, so here's here's the last email. Uh, here's the last question. The movie draws a parallel between human hunters and the uh, the Yautia, uh the predator, but the Comanche warriors are hunting for survival, whereas the predator is hunting for sport. From a society with advanced technology, in the context of their society, are the predators we see in the movies weird right-wing guys on luxury big game hunting trips? Yes, yes, hundred yes, percent. I mean, there's the great line from 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 Tabe when they're having the when her, uh, Tabe and Naru are are fighting the predator, and then he goes invisible and yells "cheater," <laughs> um, which is like a very honest reaction that the audience is thinking to when this particular predator does this a bunch of times, yeah. where. Uh, like right when you could just continue the one-on-one combat and like see how this goes. I'm gonna go invisible, and I think that there is a direct line. The first movie, you know, you you can again. It's it, the difference between predator and prey is one making the themes like really explicit and on the line, and this one is very much like yeah, it is humans setting themselves up. Like the bait is just you know releasing an animal to distract an animal that you are hunting, so you can hit it with a laser sniper rifle from hundreds of yards away. Ha ha! I did it. Um, yeah, and the movie is if there is a theme that it's hitting you over the head with it is, it is certainly one of those. Yeah, I think that I mean, it's such a fucking the, the whole thing is like, predators will accept any form of ritual combat you offer them. Yeah, but they'll do it with their fucked up weapons. Yeah, exactly. Dork. Like, what? Like, yeah, oh, I Oh, you guess. got a sword? I have a laser claw. Okay, I guess that's that's apples to apples like you have a sword guess what i have the best sword that's ever existed in the history of the universe you fucking idiot (laughs) and when you pick up that sword i can make it retract so you can't stab me with it anymore (laughs) yeah dude like 
you make a you make a modern predator movie like the predators are swinging by black rifle coffee uh to get their juice before the hunt <laughs> and they all like inexplicably pick up like molan labe shirts uh like it's just like that's who that's who these dudes are they 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 suck like it is so funny to me that for a long time uh and i think the alien versus predator series like almost tried to codify this it was like ah the honorable predators natural enemies of the insectoid and uh you know uh dangerous (laughs) aliens and it's like in all these movies in all these movies the most you can say about the predators is that they do have a code mm-hmm. one that gives them the illusion of honor right but they right. they are not honorable right and that's like that is the thesis of the first predator movie is that yeah. no code that bestows upon you honor actually means anything yep um that's what gets the that's what gets um uh oh god who was in the first movie um not Schwarzenegger. Dylan? Uh, Blair? Dylan, yeah. Who, that's yep. what gets Dylan killed, is that, uh, is that the, or not Dylan killed, but like the relationship between Dylan and Dutch is such that the thing that he understands as the code that binds them is not real. The code that the Predator plays by is not real. In this movie, the code that the Predator plays by isn't fucking real. And it is only real insofar as it gets in their way. And that is, again, part of the strength of these movies for me is that, like, the code is not only not real and only serves to make them strong, but it is without fail their undoing. Uh, and oh. I think that is a, a solid part of these films. Yeah, the Predator had Naru in a fucking trap, right? The Predator kills Naru there uh, after she gets her, like, leg stuck in a trap. The movie's over. But because of that code and being like, oh no, this is this is unsportsman. Like now, I have I must leave, <laughs> right? Like the code is yeah. Ultimately, like it's it's um built up. I mean, not exactly machismo, but it's a similar style. No, it's know, machismo. Right? It is one hundred percent machismo. Yeah. Like that sure. is the that is why the first film's relationship to masculinity and understanding. I of meant masculinity. In, in this film, it felt less connected to that, but more about like a hunting culture being. The difference between hunting for sport mm-hmm. and hunting for ple- uh, for survival, right? Um, where in the first I, one, I, it is ve- it's much more specific to its parallels with machismo and I the am, group, right? I'm just gonna say we'll leave it there because I'm getting, I am getting antsy about getting Patrick out the door. Oh, oh we're okay. My kids are okay. home and they're upstairs. Um, <laughs> but what one I thing have, I want to yeah. I want to I want to refute. This this point of war, the warrior exchange because now that I've had a second to think about it, yeah. Do you really think after her brother was slaughtered, she's gonna, many of her friends and family were slaughtered, that a bunch of predators show up and go, "Much respect, fist bump." Like, <laughs> can we have that gun? That that Naru's gonna look at that and go, "Yeah, dog." Like, makes sense. No, she's gonna lay trap and bump blow so a couple of the ships while they're landing. Credits. I think the credits, by the way, are implying prey tale. Like, I think that's fully. I really hope so. They yes. like because she's like we need to t- we need to take to the hills. We need to get to a place that's harder to get to. And yes. the credits show the tribe up in the hills. Bam, predator ship, Ready. and they're like, yeah. uh oh. And like, so I think <laughs> that's where this is going down. 
Yeah, no. After after she nothing personals kit like nothing personnel kids the predator by shooting it in the back of the head she is done she is never gonna <laughs> see another predator again and not be like where's a fucking forty five I am going to shoot this nothing dude in the nothing back personnel of the head. kid is the ultimate move of a rogue HR professional who plays by their own <laughs> rules. <laughs> Uh, all right, so that'll do it. Thanks for listening to my turn. Our thanks to Two Mellow for the theme music, and if you're listening to this through Waypoint Plus, hey, we're grateful for that support. And if you are on the public feed uh, and you like the idea of listening to this a week early and without ads, uh, Kato, I forgot to put an ad break in. Can you put an ad break in for the public feed? Uh, oh, head shit. over to uh, yeah, I know, I know, <laughs> I, I know. I got so we I was were, like, we were too oh, I love these we plus. were too excited, yeah. yeah. You know what? Put it in the worst place, the shittiest place. Sorry, uh, <laughs> listeners. Um, if you I heard that never, ad break, I would never it's putting fault. it in the worst place just to like make it a little shitty to motivate you to oh, like Jesus go to waypointplus.com. Oh, but no. you oh, could fuck. go to waypointplus.com uh, to get this early and without ads. And hey, everyone, hey, forget what I just said and what conclusions you may have drawn, because I would love if you left us a review on iTunes. Uh, that's the most helpful place you can mm-hmm. you can leave a review. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Rob Zachney. Ricardo, where can people find you? On Twitter at A underscore Cotto underscore appears getting ready for our next. Are we going to announce the next movie? Yeah. What is it? What is it? Hit me. Look, this movie is a... Uh, a continue a modern continuation of a classic franchise. Rob and- is so stressed. <laughs> he's, he's Rob is so stressed. Rob was desperately trying to get out of this without you not doing it, so that he could negotiate terms off off podcast. Don't worry. Look, I see through his look. look there's there's yeah. a lot of uh, connection and parallels and drawn lines between these two franchises. And I think it only makes sense. I think it Kato. only makes sense that we travel to the world of Alien and go to Prometheus. Yeah, the movie. <laughs> the movie. This. This is how we're connecting it because Prey is the <laughs> follow up to Predator. So yes. the way we connect this is Prey. We go to Prometheus because that's the follow up yep. to Alien. And yep. I, yeah, I wanted to do Alien. I since we started this, I wanted to do Alien really badly, and so I want. I'm so happy about this connection. Listen, Rob. It's like poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> I assure you. It does not. What's what's interesting about this? What's interesting about this one is that it's. Wait, correct me if I'm wrong. They're both they're both the same director, right? Ridley Scott, yeah, yes. Alien. This, and, and, so it's and it's an interesting look Although, at the, uh, whether they're the returning same director, to a work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> look. Yep. All right. Look. I, look Kato, I think it'll be interesting so to talk about. <laughs> I, I think so too. Well, better. You're gonna have to guide the discussion. So. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Like, I'm hosting. I, like you, okay. you have put yourself. You, you went up. You just nailed yourself to the cross, my friend. Cato. 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 Yeah. Cato. Look at me. Yeah. Look at me. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> Thanks. I fucking yes. love Prometheus. Yes. Don't yes. worry. <laughs> There's plenty to talk hey, about. Listeners, just let, just so you know, um, if you got anything with like birth horror. Just <laughs> be advised. Just be advised. Is oh, all everyone saw say. the new Game of Thrones episode. They've already did been they? to the ringer. Did we? Yeah. No, they, no, did they didn't. Who? Yes, no, they did. did. Are you guys acting like that? Are you acting like that show yeah. isn't popular? Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens on week two, week three. Anyway. <laughs> okay. uh, hey, Patrick, where can people find you? Uh, at Patrick Kloppik. Ren. At Ren or Raven. Uh, next week, I guess. Maybe. We'll be watching. <laughs> Maybe next week, maybe not. We got some stuff yeah, coming up, we should and figure yeah. out the schedule. But and we need to we need to brace ourselves for Prometheus. Uh, but <laughs> the next the next my turn will be will be on Prometheus. 
Uh, but with that, that concludes my turn here with Pry. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.